Want some experience under your belt? We're talking volunteering on UJOCast. Hello, and welcome back to UJOCast, where I just learned it means boat plus friend. So I'm going to make a boatload of friends. Uh, and I have a friend on with me today. Her name is Justice, and I am so excited to talk to her about her volunteer experience. So hello, Justice. Hello, good evening. Thank you for having me today and letting me talk about these wonderful memories. (laughs) Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, so we're going to get to know you a little bit. We're going to shoot some rapid fire questions back and forth. We'll, we'll see what your answers are. All right. Perfect. Yes. All right. First question. At what age did you get into anime? Uh, I think I got really into it. I feel when YouTube started popping off and you got the seven part anime episodes showing around and Pokemon was more, out there i think elementary school when i started watching pokemon and then the Yu-Gi-Oh and baby all that fun stuff and since yeah. then i still watch it here and there now i'm at older age <laughs> we're all old damn it we're getting <laughs> old what drew you into anime i think it was the music of bright colors as very simple as that sounded I think with Pokemon, at least, they're all super cute animal things. Like the yellow rat is adorable and hearing him speak to this kid and they're going to go around the world. I guess so just fascinating and just magical. And I ended up always playing around with my siblings and we'll play pretend and all these fun things together. So since then, it just has a special place in my heart. Oh, I love that. I was a big Thank Pokemon you. watcher. Yeah, I remember waking up and Saturday mornings on, I think it was War Kids or WB Kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And and I was just listening to one of my episodes. Yes, I am a weirdo that listens to my own podcast episodes. But you know what? Sometimes I to, take man. notes. Sometimes Quality I take check. notes. Yeah. <laughs> I the audio in those first few episodes my bad I was having mic problems it was a whole thing so I have acknowledged that they are not (laughs) very clear and I do understand that and I appreciate the feedback but that's respectable yeah what was the first anime you watched was it Pokemon I think oh Jesus I think like, like episode by episode and actually pay attention to a plot yeah i think it was mermaid melody i i think oh. so or my okay. own high school host club but it was a very dramatic romantic comedy sojo anime and that was also around the time when i started watching anime more seriously that was when i was exposed to like yaoi and boys love so i think the other first views i watched was loveless <laughs> so, okay. wow so i had a deep dive a into that world 
Yeah. yeah. You're you're a big uh, rom-com fan, are you? I think I was just daydreaming because of how romantic it is to be on the rooftop of your school and then get the love letter in your locker and then the cutest boy is there to confess <laughs> your feelings and all the hearts and sparkles are out there and it's like, I wish I could have that in my California or Texas elementary school. And so, yeah, but of Aww. course that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. I actually have not heard that answer before. It's usually the usual suspects, right? Pokemon, Digimon, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z, all of that. You know, I I have not seen a romantic comedy anime yet. Oh, really? No. The funny thing is that I grew up watching it consistently with my little brothers, and they would turn on pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh and dragon ball but i think it would just be one episodes like i just happened to watch them watch it and i would just sit and see the rest of the episode but i think it just wouldn't i wouldn't really grasp on to the plot i was like oh they're fighting loud noises explosions okay that's cool but i guess i'm unfortunately a romantic at heart and those are the shows that got me for good yeah yeah and it's all about personal preference honestly everything Mm -hmm. is when it's super flashy when it's super explosive (laughs) when it's just like action action it really catches your eye but not having romantic animes or romantic comedy animes street like available on regular tv you don't get into that type of stuff unless you look it up or somebody you talk to is into it right because that is true fully coolly was oh yeah was an anime that i watched when i was in high school and i was so captivated by how weird everything was i'm like it's about love but it's about guitars that was hella weird like (laughs) super strange but it was so captivating to me because I thought nothing in America is gonna be this weird and still grab my attention mm-hmm. but that was that was as crazy as I got everything else was action scenes I mean I did watch a little bit of Dragon Ball Z when it was on and Pokemon with all of the you know fights and everything and now it's of course Naruto and Demon Slayer and all of that mm-hmm. really like just over the top type of fighting. Um, do you remember your first cosplay? Hmm. I don't even want to. I'm not even sure if I want to declare that as a cosplay. Because I think what I did. I think it was my early 20s. I decided to put something together real quick for a Halloween party. I believe I was trying to cosplay as Rose from steven universe and so i just went on to amazon i bought the uh, i think it was the mr universe t-shirt and i bought this big old white petticoat to try to mock her dress and i put mm-hmm. i grabbed this cheap pink long wig and i didn't know how to put on a wigs properly or you know having to powder the wig to have it more silky all those different tricks Oh yeah, so I was very clueless girl with this song. I felt so cute and I felt so good with myself. But it, whenever I look back on the photos, I'm like, "What am I doing? I didn't <laughs> wear a hairnet. I didn't pin the wig. What was I doing?" But 
I think that was my first quote official cosplay. Oh man, you know, you live and learn. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I learned a lot. I, I learned a hell of a lot from that moment. <laughs> uh how many cosplays have you done? It was actually pretty short-lived for when I cosplayed. I really think it was due to COVID because since COVID came on, it really just had me felt lazy and not as motivated to get out, find a cosplay and find the photo shoot location and so on. Because I believe when I started taking it a little more seriously, I was doing it with my friends and it was more fun to get together and make the plans, find a location together, scout it out, and then be in the changing room, do our makeup together. And with COVID happening, I would see them less and less, and there were less costly plans being made. And eventually we're all in our later 20s and approaching our 30s and just being nostalgic and reminiscing. Uh, approaching 30, you're a BB. <laughs> Me. Okay, I took it back. I'm sorry. I shouldn't think that way. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay too because uh the everybody really lost out on two years of memories if you think about it from just that loss of not coming together with your friends and being a part of something and enjoying all of this with the people around you when they I wanted to do an episode, I think I still will, about COVID con, what worked and what clearly didn't. And oh, I'm, yeah. You don't get that same. It's kind of just like, okay, I understand people were booked and everyone's doing stuff digitally right now because no one can be together. And I understand that part. But there's a sense of like longing to be with your friends and mm -hmm. just experiencing somewhere different <laughs> everyone had cabin fever yeah it's interesting that you said that because uh, who I, my boyfriend now I actually started dating him pre-covid so and he's never been to any cons no cons at all so he was definitely mine, mine like, neither like black and white to me so mm -hmm. one time when I finally convinced him to go to the con with me and he went he was just flabbergasted by the sights and the visuals and I think one of the things he noted was that it is such a unique setting where a lot of different character different kind of people can come together and just bond over a similar interest and yeah. he noted that everyone was so excited and happy to be together and just making friends so quickly everyone's so friendly and he also commented how so many people were just smiling at him or just waving or small talk because mm -hmm. him and I agree that on a regular day-to-day -day basis, people are more on the awkward side or more quiet, and they're more reserved to sharing their hobbies. And But once you're in the con floor, everything comes out. Everyone's welcoming and open. And I, I guess that's why it always draws me back in to cons. Oh, yeah. It sounds fantastic. Who wouldn't want to go? Exactly, <laughs> sounds, man. You sold it. You sold it to me. <laughs> And I'm going to, uh, actually, you guys are going to hear this after I already go, but I'm going to My Hero Con the next couple of days. Yes, yeah, so. saw that, man. Mm -hmm. I saw, I checked the date just in case. I didn't want to like say, oh yeah, I want to go. But then, dang it, 
I can't go. And I oh. saw the lineup and it was so close to where we are. Dang it. Okay, next one. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I'm missing WeebCon this year because I'm going on a family vacation during that time. But I had so many plans. I'm like, oh my God, Naruto's going to be there. I'm going to get her autograph. I'm going to, you know, just all this really cool stuff. And then eh, my hopes were dashed just like that. Mm. I have another question for you. Get to know you question. Do you remember mm-hmm. your first con? Hmm. It's back in college. Uh, I think it was, <laughs> it was like 18, 19 years old. And I think we went to Acon. Oh, Ooh, went to okay. Acon in Dallas. And, but this was Acon before it was, I believe it was sold off to a different owner so this oh. was the og acon back in the the renaissance but no anatoly it was anatoly back in the anatoly in dallas and i went with my siblings and my you know, previous boyfriend whatever who cares about him and <laughs> that was the first con and that was actually it was a pretty big con for my first con so i was pretty overwhelmed and excited to see everything it was a pretty big hotel yeah i actually my first con was also a con last year oh for real it was super Ah. big yeah (laughs) and i was yeah i was very a lot of emotions i was Mm -hmm. a lot of things uh but you know this ain't about me (laughs) how many cons have you attended since then Yeah, you know that gift with the lady in the equations? I just had that moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, you went there. <laughs> you can give a rough estimate. Like, the, like, like 10. I would say 10. But then like a lot is just like all in Texas. I don't think I've ever been to an out-of-state con though. Yeah. Okay. We Maybe we could change that one of these days, huh? What do you say? I heard Dragon Hell Con's yeah. really cool. Well, I was pretty close to a friend back in Houston, and she always raves about Dragon Con. She makes it a mission to go there every year. And I'm like, okay, what's so cool about it? She's like, everything. They take out the like the streets of the city. It lasts for this many days. And I'm like, damn, okay. No, man. Yeah, I heard it's the Mecca. Like... I don't know. A lot of my friends have been mentioning it, so I might have to make a journey on over there. What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing about a con? Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, Favorite thing? I think it was a social aspect because I think once I'm, it's for myself, when I go to a con, for some reason, all my fears or anxieties goes away and it's much easier to start conversations with people. I guess it's just a sense of relatability with someone else. So I always find myself just able to talk to people. And oh, that's, that's good. always drew me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a, a common answer too. just like being comfortable in your own skin. Even though you're dressed up as somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I 
I get that quite often. Like I can be myself or the way that I, I feel when I'm there. Exactly. What's your most memorable con experience? Uh, I would say when I ran a May cafe for a year and that was, I would say one of the most challenging years in my life, even to adulthood. It's, it's quite the experience of having to go from being a regular volunteer member to then having to go gung-ho and run a department. I still just take a moment to do flashbacks or even from other maids or volunteers within that department. We're still pretty close and friends. And even sometimes we talk about it just to reminisce of the memories and challenges we went through. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is that's <laughs> actually a great answer because that will segue us right into what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so if you didn't know by the title, we're talking about volunteering at cons. Now, this is a new concept to me. I... When I buy a ticket for a con, one, I bought one ticket for a con and I got a fancy badge <coughs> and all that, you know, cool stuff, Ooh. but I didn't really look at the website, right? I just wanted to be taken aback by everything that that's around me. So I didn't look at any schedules or anything. I'm, I was a novice. I was just starting out watching anime again. So I said, it's not going to help me any to look at the website because I basic, basically am looking at something I have no idea about. So when I saw on some of the websites become a volunteer or, you know, apply to be a volunteer, I'm like, what is that? What is that? Volunteer for what? And through the multitude of friends that I've talked to, it's volunteering to work in a department at a convention. So you you got some experience with that girl. Yeah, it's pretty insane. When I think back on it, I was like, well, I had I did not have the credentials to doing those things. <laughs> but experience, I hear, is uh, very, very sought after when it comes to volunteers. Yeah. Young young volunteers or volunteers that have been doing it for a while because they're passionate about it. But Mm -hmm. I'm here to pick your brain about volunteering because I don't know anything about it. (laughs) All right. So my first question is, like anybody who doesn't know what volunteering is, just explain a little bit about the, um, I guess, application process and then what happens after that initial application process. Do they contact you, et cetera? I would definitely say it would depend on how large the organization is and how organized they are. I would say in the unfortunate cases, it would just be a quick Google form. Just put out your name, email, age, um, shirt size, any dietary restrictions, best form of contact, send it away, and then they will follow up with you maybe a month or two prior to the con. If it's a bigger organization, then they may use a third party 
platform to receive your info. Sometimes they go through their mixed smile and purchase a tool to receive the information. And like, I guess the HR tool, I remember one convention had that. It was with RebX, which is a hiring platform. Okay. So they receive our information on there and even our tax information since they were one of the few cards that would pay their staff. So I guess it wouldn't be officially called volunteering. And then maybe in the middle, a little more established cons, but maybe not enough to pay their staff. They would have a designated team to be in contact with you throughout the process, receiving information, and then following up periodically to inform on scheduling. Where would you like to go? Who is your head of the department? Here's orientation, meet and greet. <laughs> wow. They really, some of them do go all out though. I mean, with a big production such as Akon now, it's, mm-hmm. you really have to be, your communication has to be there because it's just one, it's too many people. So mm-hmm. if you, as a volunteer, one, don't know who you're supposed to report to if something happens, two, have no idea where you're supposed to report to at all, or mm-hmm any sort of like confusion on the floor during the con itself, I could see that being a super huge hurdle to, to leap over as a volunteer. Like I know that with smaller cons, like RetroCon, for example, I went to, I don't really count that as an anime convention because it's like old, old toys and, you know, back in the nineties, eighties, seventies type of stuff. So anyway, I went there and it was a smaller run convention. And that one, people were on the ball. I mean, they're empty and trash. They're reporting back over here just to make sure, is there any other tasks I need to do? Like you could clearly see the difference in size and communication. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with that, with that being said, once you go through orientation and you meet the people that you're going to be working with, let me back up a minute. How many days before the con are you required or should report to the area? Is it a day before or is it more than that? It does depend on how much effort the con runners are giving. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe one that is not on top of their game. It is really rushed and last minute. And one thing I do want to comment is that with anime being so popular and it's getting popular by the day it's only attracting younger and younger fans and so i feel sometimes with the con runners they forget that the ones more likely to volunteer are kids like high schoolers or college students so i it's unfortunate that some of them don't take that into account and do these last minute organizations or there's no face-to-face contact and there's no relationship being built. So then it causes issues of no-shows or oh, kids yeah. or students not putting in as much effort or and so right. on. And I think on the worst of cases, I've had them say, oh, let's do a Zoom call with everyone the week before con. Let's 
get to know each other like okay that sounds great like okay whatever <laughs> orders one it's like hey let's do a big old orientation at the con itself a month prior and you can definitely tell the weekend of whenever it's time to run the show you can see who has prepared more than the other yeah oh yeah i bet you can somebody <laughs> who has just everything scheduled and outlined for you and you mm-hmm. know where you're going to be and where the rotation schedule is all that that's what you want to see when you volunteer not like hey talk to joe over there he'll be able to point you in the oh my goodness we're not, <laughs> we're not doing all that that's that's a lot it's too much i i would agree that having that even if it even if it's digital even if it's through Zoom or Teams or whatever you're going to do, make it more than once. Mm-hmm. Just so getting to know you takes more than one time. And I'm sorry if if for some reason an organization is running low on time and they don't have time to meet with their volunteer staff or anything like that and just give them the rundown at least. I feel like that's a failure already because you're setting yourself up for disappointment or for something to go wrong because communication was lacking, right? I guess I heavily agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you experienced <laughs> something like that before where communication was just so terrible? Yes. My first con I worked with, I worked with them for three years. So in the span of three years, I have seen in the worst of the years and then it growing and getting better each year and even till now because I'm no longer volunteering I'm just an onlooker or a creeper whatever you want to call it <laughs> and I can see Creep the progress happen yeah yeah um the first years uh as much as everyone will want to just volunteer make friends and you want to have fun and meet other people and work together in the end it is pretty much event planning and a business and so the first year I went I sense very too casual in my opinion just thinking back on it retrospectively where it's everyone's coming to hang out and maybe the outline is not being fully met it's more like joking around like what are you doing this weekend and maybe not all the points were coming across and therefore Mm. when it's time to have things executed on the weekend of it gets too personal and oh. unfortunately things may not run smoothly like say for example exhibit hall is open two hours late for setup that's gonna ruin everyone's line of like scheduling so that oh, everyone's yeah. walking talk everyone's calling up the exhibit hall person like hey what's going on i'm trying to move my artists in or I'm trying to move the cars in why isn't it open and then boom 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 that is where I I guess now as adults you and I where organization truly comes to play and like um, line of command and uh, leadership and so on really helps the event because in the end it is an event and we're meant to execute it properly for the attendees to enjoy and if one fails it's like a big old domino effect everything oh, else goes to sure. <laughs> yes well, it happens in employment in general you know 
mm-hmm. shit, excuse me, shit rolls downhill, <laughs> right? So yes. like with a volunteer who is not getting paid and things are just a disaster area, do you think they're going to stay? They're leaving. I'm not getting exactly. paid to do this. I'm gone. And now you don't have anybody to work the door at X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. now you're caught between a rock and a hard place trying to figure stuff out. It's just so much easier to just be personable, be Mm -hmm. just a kind person, but also stern enough where things get accomplished. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because my next question is, what are the shifts like if there is a, a such a thing as a shift as a volunteer? Like, how does that work? Because I know that's at talking to friends, some volunteers get passes to like enjoy the con or, you know, go and see their favorite voice actor or whatever. So explain to me the shift thing. Who, if there is any, I would Ooh. say, I would say, depending on how passionate you are or how deeply involved you are, you expect not to have a break. I would say when I was really deep into volunteering or being staff, I worked from waking up at, I don't know, 5 a.m. to get my hair and makeup done, bust out there, do everything, and maybe come back to bed past midnight because there's always something happening. Or when you care so much or you're so passionate and you see another department struggling, you end up going over there too or seeing how they're doing because oh, you because yeah. you spent the whole year preparing for this one weekend to execute it perfectly. So you have empathy for the other department. It's like your comrade. So Aww, that's why yeah. those that's why those really deep into it never sleep. And the very like, casual volunteers, like they sign up just to do that for that one shift of like maybe the shortest I've seen is three hours or maybe the most the regular eight hours, you know, the legal hours. Right. Yeah. And then you just have the, I guess the very desperate, I say desperate because I was one of that, you know, desperate to make it happen. Like you wanted to execute it. Those people don't expect to sleep. Hards. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's you to a T. I just want to make this a success. I can see that. I can see you doing that. And for me, as a union employee, I'm not going to say, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say where, but <laughs> breaks are a big deal. And that yes. shocks me. Even, even having volunteers, even if you're not paying them over staff, man, in case something happens, I mean, what's mm-hmm. the problem? You can always say, Hey, you know, we have enough now. Like, but always have more than you need in case something arises where, you know, people don't show up or there's somebody that calls you and says they're running late or whatever the case may be. Just it's, Mm -hmm. but break time, I'm telling you, if I'm working eight hours, I'm taking a break. So I, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear the, the difference in uh in volunteering for something as big of of an event as i can think of you know acon for example or 
Ohio con in Ohio, those are massive cons. So to have enough staff, enough volunteers to make this thing run is huge. It should be a big focus because people are coming in that are entertaining everyone else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the staff, the, the people that get paid, is it, <clears throat> is it an 80, 20 split? Do you think, or do you think that only a couple people run the show and a lot are volunteers? Mm. I'll first start off and want to comment that having the designated yearly round team, I would say it's already difficult for any con to have established. Only fuse that I would, you know, not include into that statement is your, in my opinion, corporate cons, Anime Expo, uh, Fan Expo, Comic Con, those are the big honcho cons that are supported and invested by other big companies and sponsors but the cons that are fan run like that their own LLC or their own company and there's no investors or no other sponsors connected to the business Mm -hmm. those are the ones where it is very difficult without pay to keep people as committed and devoted and put as much work <laughs> as they expect because yeah i this is me going into like the, the anti-work sentiment is this is a common issue with small business mentality where business owners expect those who do not have interests as much as they do into the business but they expect them to put as much love and effort as they are but then right. it's that it's that divide where I don't this is not, not my con. I don't right. make money from the tickets, so I'm not gonna try as hard. And that's <laughs> where there's a huge divide of trying to find the right people to help run these things because you can't do it with just like some owner or maybe the owner's friend or, or some handful yeah. of people. Exactly, and, exactly. And that's why because they don't have sponsors or investors. A lot of times, these if they are able to find devoted people that are willing to work year round and do big positions. Ninety something percent of the time, they're not getting paid. It's really just out of their love and to supporting the event. When I was working at this previous con, I've worked alongside people that has been a department head for a decade a long time and i know for sure they're not getting paid there is no salary involved (laughs) it's just their passion for this and that's why i feel i feel for them because a lot of the tasks or responsibilities that they're in charge of there are people out there getting paid six figures doing the same responsibilities and using the same knowledge that they have for sure so absolutely i mean i'm I'm pro-volunteers. I'm more on the volunteers and and that a free badge or a free hotel room to me is not enough to pay for what these people are doing for free. Yeah. To make this happen. Expecting too much out of people and expecting them to stick through it because it's their passion. It's their passion Mm -hmm. project. And all of the stuff that you have told me, I'm going to take to heart 
when I start my own convention because this is all a learning experience. So I want to get a group mm-hmm. full of people that have worked cons so I can pick their brains. And, you know, the same thing goes with people who cosplay. I want to know the process in which you create your art or any artist for that matter that creates art for artist alley or the dealer's room. And they just want to showcase something beautiful and share it with other people. Those are the types of people that I want on here because through this podcast journey and through the journey I'm going to take to create a convention that is cosplay focused is through listening to your stories. It's, it's you, the guest that's on my podcast that is teaching me what worked and what clearly didn't and your experiences. And it's kind of like getting feedback, but I didn't have to open a business to do it. Right. (laughs) So I, I I am happy to share and I really appreciate you taking this time to designate your whole podcast for these kind of information. And it's not, unfortunately it's not all sunshine and rainbows when you think to volunteer for a hobby that you love unfortunately Mm -hmm. things are a business and when it's not given and taken care of it goes down to shit and that's what happens (laughs) and and hearing you being passionate and eager to learn it makes me happy because I'm like oh it's it's possible there's people that care and love for this thing and it's not just someone that is doing it to make the money because it is a profitable industry but you can tell oh, someone yeah. who cares about it versus someone who is just gonna pick the top five anime and then push it out there exactly and and I'm learning about romantic comedy anime I'm learning about different types um what was it, space opera and just like different terminology and the way that people are so into the things that they create and want to share. That's the best thing that I've learned so far about the podcast is people's willingness to share their experiences with me. And that's what I live for. Mm -hmm. Just talking to people and getting to know them through their experiences because people are interesting. I I hope you agree. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, I, I would love to talk about just go oh, flashbacks, honestly, talk even talking about this subject or just like, ooh, I remember this day or that day. And oh man. But I am yeah. fine to share anything you ask. I am here <laughs> if you want to listen. <laughs> awesome. I don't know if anybody can hear this. It's not thunder, it's my dog. And she is upset (laughs) because she cannot go outside because I'm recording. And that means that we're done recording this episode because I don't want her to pee on my floor. I would like to thank Justice for coming on the show and explaining how her experience went with volunteering. And for those of you who want to follow her, um, I'm going to let her take the floor, explain a little bit about yourself, where they can find you and have at it. Oh man. Ever since I retired for conventions, I have definitely just put everything on private, but you know what? If you're a cool person and you want to chit chat, you want to talk about conventions or if you're in the Texas area, sure thing. My Instagram is J-U-J-U period sticks. 
S-T-I-C-K-S. It's just a funny way to say my name, Justice. You can hit me <laughs> up and we can talk about or vent about our con experiences. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to have way more con experiences to talk about throughout the year because I have a list of conventions that I'm going to try to hit, which my hero con Texas smash is the first one and I'm going tomorrow. So by the time you guys hear this, I will have already been there and maybe my Facebook find me on Facebook, you cast on Instagram, you cast official, and you can go to my website, youjocast.com. All the episodes are up there. Feel free to drop me a line. I'm going to have a message part so you guys can tell me if I'm doing great, if I'm doing poor, or if you want to be on the podcast. And as always, I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye.